I've been playing video games all week and doing nothing. It's been glorious. Oh, wonderful. What are you, what are you playing? Uh, mostly Skyrim. Just been throwing hours and hours of my life away and do a game I've already played. Several times. Sure. Yeah. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It was, it's nice to just completely turn my brain off for a week. I've been off from work and uh, not doing a damn productive thing. I think I needed that. So is this like, it's been long enough. You just want the experience. Are you trying something different than you've tried before? I think I just like had a jonesing for playing a dumb RPG game where I just go around like grinding and leveling until I become completely overpowered. Can you fuck a dragon in this game? No. Okay. I don't believe there's really sex in this game. Oh. I mean, you can oh. get married, but that's it. So there's no sex at all, huh? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I had in my notes yesterday mm-hmm. to ask you today. Mm-hmm. Question was, are we still talking about Army Hammer being a cannibal or not? And then I saw that he was in the news today or on Twitter trending, trending I guess. He was trending. I... I I had no comment on the matter. I just don't care. I don't know. Mm. Seems like a bad dude. Yeah. My press office will be issuing an official statement later. Oh, I can't wait for that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, have you, how much have you looked into the Army Hammer situation? Not at all. I see people tweeting about it occasionally. That's it. He might okay. be a cannibal. I was kind of curious. Okay. I was kind of curious. How do you feel about the cannibalism? How do you feel about it? Oh, he's like, it's like a weird sex theme, apparently, with him. That's not your thing. Your thing is all about survival. I'm just saying in in a situation where food is scarce and there's zombies or, you know, irradiated monsters or whatnot, um, I'm going to do what I have to do. But not with, with the proper seasoning, you know. But not sexually, just no. like in a culinary it's just sense. A, it's just, a, you know, a means of calories. Okay. I've never watched more than like 20 minutes of the Hannibal show. Was that like, I mean, I know there's like sexual innuendo, but it wasn't like he was, I don't know. Working. It was mostly about just like cooking gourmet food. Okay, cool. And eating the rude. The rude? Yeah, wasn't that kind of a saying? He eats the rude? Oh, I thought the rude is like a part of a person that you could eat. Um, it's near the bursa sack. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Huh. Well, you know what? Here's the thing about Army Hammer and his career. I'm not going to miss him. It was like he was barely here. I mean, the only thing I would say he was really in, in that I enjoyed was the social network. Yeah. Um, playing the Winklevi. So, But yeah. you ask yourself, is that not a role that almost anyone could have played? I mean, I guess you just need a certain type of like tall white dude. I mean, theoretically... Even the guy who played the other one, oh, who Josh ended Pence, up playing, yeah. yeah, who played like young Raza Ghul, like <laughs> it's, you think somewhere like the uh, I think about like uh, I want to say American Idol started with two hosts originally. I think it, like is Josh Pence just like reading the news about Army Hammer and like ah, 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 finally you son of a bitch, finally. I don't know. I feel like people are getting their hopes up for something really weird to come out. I, I kind of doubt it personally. Maybe I'll be wrong, but. I, I feel like his uh, his agent and publicist probably dropped him just because why wouldn't you at this point? Yeah, I mean, how can you spin that? Anyhow, we're going to be talking about a sequel today that does not star Army Hammer. Yeah. Although, does this mean if they make the social network too, they they have to recast the, the Winklevi? 
good question. Do the Winklevi have anything to do with the whole GameStop thing? Since uh... um, kind of. I mean, they're like big Bitcoin bros. Okay. Yeah. So they they kind of are involved in that. Oh no! They recast Army Hammer. I guess they could just use Josh Pence, or they just get Evan Peters in there, mm. who I feel like is another weird creep. That like, I feel like there's one of those. Like, it's gonna be like eventually the story is gonna be like, well, a lot of people knew they just it never got reported. Dot dot dot. Well, I don't want to slander anyone, but I'm just gonna say that I don't trust anyone who comes from Ryan Murphy Productions. Let's put it that way. Mm. Word. All right. Shall we start the pond? Might as well. Hello and welcome to Hit Cannon. I'm James. And I'm Marco. How you doing? How's life? Life's good. You? Month 11 of quarantine. Yeah. It's wonderful. Coming up on an anniversary. <laughs> Isn't it weird that it hasn't been a full year? Like, doesn't it definitely feel like it has? I have no sense of time and space anymore, so I don't know. I am I think this is exactly 11 months for me because I started quarantine on March 6th, so. Hmm. Okay. Yay. Yeah. Anyhow, we're going to be talking about, to all the boys, colon, P.S. I Still Love You, the movie, the Netflix movie, based on the book written by Jenny Han. Mm-hmm. Um, you had seen this movie before. I had not. I, I have. Yeah. I just watched it last night at like four in the morning. Before we get to talking about that though, just do a little talk about uh, what we're watching. You mentioned WandaVision, obviously. Mm-hmm. You caught up? I am. How's it grabbing you? It's good. I mean, you know, I enjoyed the first three episodes just fine. Um, obviously they were leading to like episodes four and five. So I'm excited to finally have been, to finally have gotten there. I'm really enjoying the um, the kind of sitcom side of things when it gets weird. Like I feel yeah. like they're they're pushing it more and more. Like the the do you want to take this from the top again? And like the way the audience like just completely cuts out is like super unnerving. And um, the way she just like plays credits on Vision at the end is awesome. Yeah, he's like, like you the, can't control me like you do them. She's like, can't I? And then it just rolls credits. Like that was awesome. Like the the Deborah Joe Joe Rupp scene in uh, the first one. Mm-hmm. When like the husband's choking to death on the floor. Stop it! Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't feel like. I mean, I think it's pretty obvious. Like she's not like the ultimate big bad or whatever, right? Maybe. I mean that that seems to be most people's theory. Yeah. Like I, I feel like they're, I feel like they're going to do something slightly more nuanced with like mental health and like how power, I don't know, can aggravate that. I mean, there there may be another dark force operating on her. I really like the scene where she like drags the uh, drone out and throws it at the sword there, which that really reminded me of a scene in another movie, but I just can't place exactly what. Have we seen a, a, another scene like that in a movie where somebody like drags something out and throws it at people? I'm sure we have. Yeah. I'm sure we have. Uh, it's good to see um, Jimmy Woo. Fuck. Darcy. Darcy. It's good to see Darcy again. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's basically been... MIA since uh, the sitcom, The Two Broke Girls, right? Oh, Kat Dennings as an actress. Um, yeah, I really don't know what else she's been up to. But yeah, like uh, like her and Wu and Rambo, like I would love to. They're like a fun little TV show on their own. Absolutely. I would love to see that show. Um, Jimmy she... Woo doing his like power walk. He's all happy with his coffee. Yeah, I could, that, I... I could. I would like to work with that guy. That seems like a good coworker, you know? 
Oh, yeah. He seems so positive. Oh, she was on Dollface. Cat uh, Dennings was. I don't know what that is. Big Mouth. I don't know. These are TV series. Oh, she's on Big Mouth? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> sounds like you're just barking sexual commands at me. Mm-hmm. Dollface. Big Mouth. Um, yeah, like uh, like Monica, you know, in like the comics becomes Captain Marvel at some point. So... I don't think that's necessarily what's going to happen, but I, I would like to see her be part of the MCU. I mean, it seems like they're setting that up. The the yeah. whole x-ray, which was completely blank, which suggests that she already maybe has her powers. I've seen some fun theories about how Wanda might be like creating mutants right now, or possibly like the snap is about to create them. Like people who were snapped and are then like exposed to radiation or something. I don't know. Like there's, there's various ways they could work that in. Hmm. hmm. Interesting. The uh, Monica Rambeau is uh, she's like texting uh, an astrophysicist at one point. Mm-hmm. People are speculating that that could be Reed Richards, which oh, that, okay. that would be a real flex if they were just if they could actually bring you know have cast an actor and been like here's Reed Richards you know before the events of Fantastic Four. I'd be well, pretty impressed funny. with that because the that would show like a commitment. Whereas like on the Star Wars side, they're like, well, it's just CGI Luke Skywalker rather than like making a full commitment to this character. So Elizabeth Olsen's like uh, uh, teasing the big Luke Skywalker uh, esque cameo. I kept thinking like, well, that's not Evan Peters because that's not big enough for me. Like, I mean, maybe. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's hard to say. Was, was this oh, what by she's way, talking gross about? Gross or... spoilers for the latest episode of WandaVision if you're listening to this and haven't watched it yet. Sorry about that. It's been like, know. what, 36 hours since the episode dropped? I mean, what are you doing? Yeah. For us. For us, yeah. Because we are recording this exactly one month after an insurrection and democracy died. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. yeah, um, Evan Peters, I don't think that means that they're going to actually bring in like a bunch of other X-Men like from the original cast, but we'll see. Yeah. I, I mean, I assumed it would be when she first did the interview, I assumed it would be like Benedict Cumberbatch. So let me ask you this. I, I'm normally a huge proponent of dropping shows week to week and not doing the binge model. Do you think this show would have benefited from the binge model? Yeah. I do and I don't, I guess. I don't know. I mean, it's it's certainly generating weekly conversation, although I know there's a certain segment of the audience that was like, oh, that show's dumb. It's just a dumb sitcom. Yeah, it's it's not just a dumb sitcom. Yeah, I, I don't know. Plus, just the, the perverted glee I get from Elizabeth Olsen kind of operating in the full house model <laughs> she's very like, good at doing oh all she's the got old it st- i mean she she has that spark that you need to be a sitcom actress yeah know? yeah um yeah it's it's nice to see her and paul bettany like having fun and not just like getting like two minutes of screen time and, and then like fighting a lot i'm just glad to see paul bettany in a role where he's not creeping me the fuck out <laughs> yeah like solo because that guy creeps me the fuck out. Mm-hmm. Well, also, just in general, he's a. He's well, he a was like the the weird albino in the the Robert Langdon movies, right? Yeah, in the first one. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a movie where he played like a younger British gangster version of Malcolm McDowell, which I thought was hilarious because mm-hmm. Paul Bettany's like seven feet tall and Malcolm McDowell's like four and a half feet tall, and I was like, sure, <laughs> sure, that's some hell of a aging scoliosis or whatever. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, but yeah, like the 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 binge versus week to week model. Like you know, I'm watching Servant week to week now, 
in season two. That's weird to watch it, like waiting each week for an episode of that show, which is, I don't know, I dra- the way they present the drama, not dissimilar from WandaVision, that it's like mm. a half an hour-ish show. And I really enjoyed binging like two episodes a night or three episodes a night of that show. And now... I don't know. I don't know. I, I can say I never really checked the time of a WandaVision episode. Like this one was longer. It well, at least for uh, yeah. But, but I wouldn't know. Like I, uh, there's some shows where I like I go like just tap the uh, Apple TV remote. Like how long is this? You know how far am I into it? But uh, I generally just sit down and watch. Paul Bettany six three. By the way, true story. I did that with every single original Netflix show I ever watched. I was always like, even if I was enjoying the show, I was just like, fifty eight minutes, huh? Okay. I mean, I, I feel like those shows are designed with the idea in mind that the viewer is going to be on their phone through the show, which is why like, they play better if you're not fully paying attention. Like, if you sit down and watch it like a movie, mm-hmm. like, I think you're going to be like, why, why do these scenes take so long to get to the point? Yeah, yeah. And they love to do, like, halfway through, here's the episode that takes place you know, three years mm-hmm. earlier. Yeah. Elizabeth Olsen, 5-6, by the way. Okay. Keep us updated on that. Okay. The similar height difference to uh, the stars of our movie we'll be talking about later. Hmm. Yeah. And then the other thing I watched was just Malcolm and Marie. Oh, yeah. It seems like the internet hates that, except for you. Does the whole internet hate that? I, I It's apparently gotten a critical thrashing. I don't mm. know. I could see that. I could see. Well, I, I think... Negative critical reaction probably begins and ends with the uh, the writer. <laughs> writer slash that's director. the euphoria guy, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't like that guy. I, I think he's just a pretentious hack, personally. That's just me. Well, I mean, I, I've read I've read some interesting stuff today just about him dressing up his frustrations with people critically analyzing his works and like putting those words into the the mouth of a black man. Um the way he does mm-hmm. is like a, a little tricky. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. I'm, I'm very interested about the energy of John David Washington. Like he's, I, I haven't seen black Klansman Klansman yet. Have you? I have not. No. Hmm. I don't know. I just, I'd be curious to see what he does next. Seems like the world is his oyster. <laughs> Indeed. And I, I don't know, whatever. I don't think people need to, I don't think I need to praise and die anymore. I mean, you're already listening to this. You're already doing it in your head. All right. Uh, let's see. Have you been watching anything else besides that? No, just things that I, you know, want to watch that I have not yet. What about you? Uh, WandaVision, obviously, uh, just finished the season finale of The Expanse, which is a, a nice, satisfying finale. Apparently, there was some kind of big cliffhanger or something. Um, I don't know if I called it cliffhanger. It's more of a setting up the next season stinger i guess you know i don't know okay yeah okay um and then lately i've I've switched from watching uh youtube videos of like people restoring old metal tools to youtube videos of people building log cabins that's my new thing i watch when i'm on the exercycle and listening to podcasts i've started watching um people like either repurposing things or um uh, oh shit! What is that stuff they pour on there? Um, oh, that, like uh, epoxy. Epoxy. Yeah, yeah. I've been uh, watching a lot yeah. of videos that feature epoxy. I don't know. It's kind of fascinating. I'm See, like, I, oh, I shit. think you're on the road because that's what I was watching like six years ago. So I'm like, in oh, six shit. years, you'll be watching ASMR. You'll be weird no, too. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. No, I won't. But I'll be like, I'm like, oh shit, here comes the epoxy. Mm-hmm. It's extremely <laughs> satisfying. Yeah, it is. But yeah, I don't know. These log cabin videos, I, I like to watch the ones with no sound, obviously, because I'm listening to podcasts. And also, like, I like I feel like at least 75% of the people building these log cabins are probably like American fascists. And mm-hmm. uh, I don't really want to know that. So <laughs> now let me show you how I fit these bolts together. Yeah. Let me pan over to my Confederate flag. Yeah, really. <laughs> huh. Okay. Right. What are you listening to besides Evermore? Uh, that's, that's more you back. I, I'm, I don't know. I don't have anything specific that I've been listening to. I've been, did you listen to any of the new Weezer album? No. Okay. I, I, I wanted you to, just to get your take on it. Cause like, I, I've not downloaded it. I just like listened to, you know, a couple of songs. It's okay. Like, I don't know. It seems like good Weezer, I guess. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe it's a pandemic, but hold on. Let me. I'm trying to think. When did you text me to listen to that? I didn't text you. I tweeted it. I just assumed you'd see the tweet. Oh, I, I didn't. I'm yeah. sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, even then, I... That tweet got no engagement. I guess the internet's not here for Weezer anymore. Something, 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 an SNL skit starring Matt mm-hmm. Damon. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I Maybe I'll download it. Maybe not. <laughs> Wait, how are you listening to it? Are you just like listening to like, the iTunes previews? Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not even bothering to go to YouTube to listen to the whole thing. I'm trying to remember what's the song in the office where Michael, like he's feeling sad and he just keeps listening to the preview. <laughs> he's like, I don't want to buy it. I just want to taste. <laughs> but with uh, Weezer, so the the moment for sure, even before some of the 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 shittier albums, the Rivers Cuomo lost me was because I have I now have uh, Pinkerton on vinyl, but uh, it's when I read this Rolling Stone article about him writing his songs and making copious amounts of spreadsheets to try to track his creative creative endeavors. And then he also started like tracking all the times he jacked off and like combining them into the same spreadsheet to try to see how that affected. Like if he expunged his juices, did that, that affect his songwriting abilities? And I was like, this is too much. I can't. The impression I got of rivers after a while is that like, he never like circles back to try to make any of the songs better. Like they all feel very first draft to me, like starting okay. Starting with the green album and then like just getting worse from there. Like whatever album Beverly Hills was, that was the one where I was just like, I'm out. Mm. Imagine that you only have seven chords and you're mm-hmm. like, no, the first draft is fine. <laughs> anyway, what are you reading? Uh, the last book I read was called Strangers at the Gates by Katrina McPherson, which I really enjoyed. And then I'm about to start The Devil in the Dark Water by Stuart something. <laughs> I don't have it in front of me. What about you? Um, nothing currently. Can I make a suggestion to you, though? Sure. I want you to read Light of the Jedi. <sighs> I just, I'm, I'm curious to get your take on it. This is the one that you read, that you read talked like about last time? It. I've read like half of it. You were talking about this last time, right? Yeah. Okay. So hmm. I'm just going to throw that out there. I'll see what I can do. <laughs> All right. Well, is it what's time? what's your what's your sell? Uh, this is the future of Star Wars books, I guess. I don't know <laughs> whether I like it or not. Yeah, <laughs> this is a real bend over, and I'll show you what the future did of Star see, Wars is. Did you see that tweet recently? Is some guy? I think he's like one of the, like Star Wars comic book writers or something. And he's just like, by the way, guys, 
just in case like you didn't know this like george lucas said it's okay for the jedi to fuck they just can't have relationships yeah 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 and so it's like and then i saw a lot i saw all the responses where it's just like oh so as long as they don't call you the next day yeah. it's good they're just a bunch of fuck boys which to be honest with you that has always been my obi-wan kenobi we've, we've been making that joke for 20 years yeah 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 that that obi-wan the obi-wan's fucks. just like the jedi way is no attachments <laughs> hit it and quit yeah. my boy yeah i mean like it's fine if your character is like Ace or Arrow or whatever, but like you're not casting Ewan McGregor in that role. <laughs> you're just not. I've seen Young Adam. I know what that guy can do. I've seen the Pillow Book. I've seen I've seen that guy's dick a lot of times. I'm kind of shocked I didn't see it in the Robert Langdon movie. Well, it was a PG-13 movie. Are we sure we didn't see it? Was there like a thing where he was like Robert Langdon? I'm going to show you the Pope's, you know, tomb, but first I need to like put my rope or I need to close my rope. <laughs> Maybe in your, your own fanfic. Tom, uh, can you imagine just Tom Hanks being like, I can see the whole butcher shop, Carmelango. But yeah, I've, I've not read anything in the past week. I've just played video games. I, I really need to get back to writing. But So, obviously you're doing, I did see the tweet about the exercycle. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which exercycle? What about yours? Yeah. Something you were doing something on your exercise. I mean, like, are you playing video games on that thing or or what is your schedule? Like, I'm just curious. You mean like, well, I can tell you for the past week, I wake up at, let's say three to 4 PM. Mm-hmm. Uh, I go do my exercise for an hour while I listen to podcasts mm-hmm. and watch uh, like a lot of cabin videos. Mm-hmm. And then I'll shower, get dressed for the, the same day. time usually eat a meal somewhat early-ish before seven or eight. And then I play video games with buddies from college from like, you know, eight to midnight or so uh, mm-hmm. play apex legends with them. And then I switch to Skyrim that I play till, you know, six in the morning or so. Uh, so what like flavor of Mountain Dew are you crushing while you're doing all this? Oh, just seltzer, La Croix, limoncello. Okay. Okay. Well, I, I mean, you're getting up there. That makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. Um, so the, the, the podcast and the log cabin videos, is that concurrently? Yes, of course. So you're like turning the sound off in the log cabin and turning the podcast up. I just had the sound down, you know, I still want to hear like the occasional sounds of like sawing and drilling and whatnot, but they don't, the, most of them, they don't talk. It's just like, you're just like watching someone do shit. So there's no dialogue. That's, that's fair. I mean, mm-hmm. if you can't hear the sawing and the drilling, how are you going to shoot? Mm-hmm. Okay, I mean, wow, that's just a lot of it's a lot of I don't know stimulus that you're. If I could have more stimulus at the same time, I would. What was the device Steve wanted that plugged into the? uh, We can talk about that offline. Cigarette lighter. (laughs) Okay, let's talk about to all the boys. Colin, P.S. I still love you. (sighs) Do you have an opening statement? Yeah. Um, So what I remember about the first movie, I remember thinking it was fun, a breath of like fresh air. Like full of a kind of energy. I remember it being filmed in this very bizarre way, a lot of like Wes Anderson-esque cutaways. I remember thinking Lana Condor was awesome. I remember not minding the Peter Kaminsky character, who I now just hate because I've come to despise everything that guy plays. Um, this movie, I mean, that movie had a very happily ever after, and and I I absolutely respect that like we don't need to necessarily go past happily ever after. I I I don't know what the hell the third movie could be about. Um this movie, the the first time I watched it, I really didn't like it. I think I just had a lot of thwarted expectations of my own. 
I appreciated it more, even if it was just kind of a, I don't know, not interesting, not totally interesting to me. Um, I don't like the Peter character. Like, I feel like there's a lot of red flags of this guy that are played as like these earnest oops moments. Um, I feel like the movie has a very pro Peter Kavinsky vibe to it. Um, I, this movie, I, don't, I found it interesting just because it's it's interesting to see Laura Jean's insecurities, like the way I feel like that sometimes manufactures trauma. I think I appreciated this movie more when I started to see that she's like telegraphing the loss of her mother or mapping it onto the the friendship loss of friendship with Jen. The movie felt slightly more accessible to me then, slightly though not necessarily captivating. Um, that said, it's this movie is directed by the cinematographer of the first one, so. There's a stylish flair to it that's like either subtle or not enough. Like a like I don't know. Like it's a Wes Anderson fan who had a TikTok account and eh eh your move. All right. Uh, yeah, I already kind of tweeted my had a little thought on this movie, which is that I see now why they don't really make sequels to romantic comedies very often. It felt as though all of the charm of the first movie had soured uh, in the in between years. To be fair, I only watched the first movie once, like two years ago. But I remember it being kind of light and fluffy and fun. Whereas the sequel, it just it feels like it's trying to recapture the spark of a relationship that has run its course, metaphorically speaking, and perhaps on literally. Its, on its first date. Yeah. <laughs> uh, director is really trying some things here, which uh, I mostly didn't think worked. Um, I, I don't know. All the visual flair stuff, it just it wasn't doing it for me, especially the way he, he they tend to shoot a lot of the couple scenes in POV. Where it's like instead of like over the shoulder shots, you know, shot reverse shot, it's like the per- person looking directly into the camera. Like I don't yeah, know, it's, the, it's very strange. Like I feel like it broke the suture, which is what you don't want that in a rom com. The the demi close up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, when you do a sequel to romance, all you can really do is add conflict to that romance, which isn't what people really want in a romance. You yeah. know, like once a couple's gotten together, it's I don't know the reason that's where the story usually ends. Um, I suppose it was bound to be unsatisfying because of that. I like the John Ambrose character a lot, uh, but at the same time, it's I, I to me at least, it, it didn't feel like Peter was doing anything so egregiously the wrong that like Lara Jean having an honest conversation with him wouldn't have helped. Um, in the end, I, I just ultimately ended up liking Lara Jean less, which I don't think is a very good place to be at at the end of Act Two of your rom com trilogy. But uh, what do I know? I don't think it got a very good reception either. No, I don't think so. I mean, the problem is it's not like the couple overcomes these things together. It's like he just remembered that she doesn't like to drive in the snow. I don't know. It. Eh, we can get there. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's just dive into the general discussion. We'll hit our uh, seven key scenes. One of mine is right at the start. Um, what can I say? I'm a sucker for adventures and babysitting, even though that movie came out 15 years before Lara Jean was born, but still mm. it's a good movie. The best use of that song. Sorry. Goodfellas fans. I mean, I feel like the dream sequences were a bigger part of the first movie that I, I, I definitely forgot this time rewatching when she's like fuging out to like that movie on YouTube or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, also, this is one of those movies where you're already on your third pop song needle drop two and a half minutes. There's the a whole lot of like, it feels like we're padding the running time with more pop song montages. Yeah. I mean, Netflix was like, we push soundtracks now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we push them hard. Um, is it a bad sign when a couple's thinking about their inevitable end on the first date? 
I mean, does that really? I guess it's their first official date. They they seemed very awkward together. Like, yeah. and, I, and I wasn't feeling the chemistry, considering that like I seem to recall they spent an awful lot of time together in the first book movie. But I don't know. I guess it's different now that it's official. There was so much chemistry in the first movie. Mm-hmm. Like it was not like a horny movie, but it just felt very. I don't know. Yeah, like the the, the, the hand in the pocket. You know, yeah, back yeah. pocket spinning around and kissing her. I don't know. It's like the hot. The, I mean, like, like the they had to like kind of like I don't know. Go back to the uh, the memory of how hot the hot tub was at one mm-hmm. point. It's just like yeah, because you don't got that fucking sparks here. Shit. It, it, I don't know. It's weird. It feels like the relationship regressed and they weren't as comfortable around each other. Yeah. And I and I get. I mean, her insecurities, but it's like it's. I don't know. It felt weird to me that like suddenly her insecurities now kick in i mean i, I guess you could before. say now that it's real and she's not just playing a role and mm. thinking about another boy the whole time you know i mean you can nah. you can make excuses for all this to me it just ultimately wasn't very satisfying to watch yeah um also it's one of my sorry go ahead no please okay something about noah centineo's vibe in this feels past its due date maybe it's because he's nine inches taller than uh, Lana Condor and just he, he seems like the adult at the kids table like like Lana Condor I, I think she's probably like 22 or 23 and she made this I think she's she's still believably a teenager like she looks young whereas like he looks like a dude in his 20s mm. so you don't like a guy who's taller than the girl I'm not saying I dislike it I'm just saying it's it's very noticeable because he's constantly taller than the rest of the cast mm-hmm. how do you feel about a uh, plagiarizing poetry for your girlfriend on, on your see i i feel like he his excuse won me over i guess where he's he's basically like i didn't ever say i wrote it it's just like you assumed it and then i felt awkward you know i didn't know how to tell you i didn't okay yeah um one of my top moments uh just visually even though like you said even the visuals aren't that great was just when they they like write the initials on the balloons and the and send them up in the sky like wishes, which I was renouncing for them, a la Wonder Woman 1984. Though that also seems like future littering to me. Where did those things come down? Uh, I don't know. But I mean, they, that's something people do, I'm pretty sure. Sure. Uh, also, 10 minutes in this movie, we've already gotten 10 different drone shots of a car driving. I mean, that's the the new... There's like a certain sheen you get with all these like streaming movies and TV shows where it's like, they're shot on like red 4Ks, but the color is kind of bland. And mm-hmm. you got a lot of drone shots. Yeah. Some of these movies, they just they just need, also, I don't know, like a, they need like a little bit more of an old school flair. They need like a Roger Cumble, I think. The um the color palette in these movies, I mean, I guess it, it's a choice. Everything's very kind of like yellow and blue. This one? Like or yellow and like teal, I guess, or cyan. Do I remember the first one being more colorful too? It might be. I mean, it's the, the cinematographer is now the director, so presumably this is what he was going for. But yeah, um, the girl Haven at the the Korean New Year party mm-hmm. who has major Jane from Daria vibes. <laughs> yes, I kind of wish the movie was about her. I feel bad because I like Lana Condor, but like other characters pop up in this movie, and I'm like, man, I kind of want to watch that movie instead. <laughs> Also, at that point in the movie, I wrote down, I need 15% less from the little sister. Yeah, and my notes just say Anna Cathcart is a little much for me. Um, yeah. I've seen interviews with her just because I follow Janelle Parrish on Twitter. And I don't know, she seems 
more chill in IRL. So clearly this is like a, a choice that they want for the character. It's I'm sure people like this exist, but I'm I'm like I want to leave the room when they're in the scene. Yeah. Also, just this is just a hilarious. I mean, whatever, stupid movie logic. We're like Haven's just like Ooh, I got bad news for you. I totally saw like a sex tape of your boyfriend. And it's like, you can recognize him in that super yeah. far away video, but you can't recognize I mean, her. Maybe she just would never guess that it would have been her cousin. You know, like um, bookish Lara Jean would never be riding a dude in a hot tub. I just got to say, part of my personal enjoyment of that hot tub scene was the, how recognizable <laughs> the entity of Lana Condor was. All that, all that a, on Z. Yeah, or or whatever the various sexual. I mean, like even that, like the musing about like sex acts, and you get like her very innocent, just like I don't have sex with you, and he's just like, oh, I wasn't trying to pressure you to seem like I was. I'm so sorry. And it's like, okay, now you. I feel like you've just pulled all the, the chemistry and heat out of this relationship, rather than taking it to like a very cool, safe place. It's just like it feels devoid. Um, there. Anyway, so John Ambrose, their first date. Uh, she says, I don't want us to break each other's hearts. That's a lot to put on a first date. Yeah. It's just like, hey, hey, we're just going to dinner. Later on, when they bring it up again before, like, he has to get on the bus, which, first of all, that's uh, no, don't be in that situation where, like, your fucking teammates are I having just, to wait for you. I just get on the bus. I'd be like, sorry, babe, I gotta run. I just, I wanted, I wanted him, I was just saying the other day that, like, you know, like, part of the things that humanized Ezra for me in PLL were like the moments when he was shitty. Like when he has to watch Arya date Noel Khan for like five minutes. Like I was like, yeah, that's an Ezra I can relate to. I kind of wanted like uh, Peter Kavinsky to be like, yeah, well I didn't sign a contract <laughs> or whatever. Um, yeah. So John Ambrose, I don't know. I like John Ambrose, but I, I felt like the movie never ever realistically presented him as an option. Well, late in the movie, when they're kissing, I'm like, am I supposed to be rooting for this? Because they're like, he's not the main dude, right? Like you, there's like the, the couple that you start with and like typically in a rom-com, that's who you root for, you know? Yeah. So it's like, she's not exactly cheating, but she's, I don't know, perhaps she's emotionally cheating at times. She's creeping up to that line. And so like, should I be rooting for this? Even though I, I did think ultimately he would have been a better match for Lara Jean. Like, Maybe. I don't know. I mean, she she seems like she's very undeveloped as a person in general. But I don't know. He he there wasn't as much baggage with him as there was with Peter, you know, and all this stuff with Jen and his, you know, experience gap and all that. Like she seemed more comfortable with uh, John Ambrose, although maybe that's not what you ultimately want in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, because your comfort zone will kill you eventually. Um, yeah. I mean, like, is he even in the third movie? Like, does he date Jen or whatever? I don't know. But yeah, so his his fondest memory is reading Harry Potter in a treehouse. Um, this treehouse looks like a fun so, thing. So they're just that's just on some couple's property who's just cool with these rando teens hanging out there. I would believe that when we were growing up. I don't know if that would be the same as it like like you know seven years ago. I mean, is this couple is their kink just like waiting to get sued for <laughs> something happening in that treehouse? Um, also, what is the point of Model UN pre high school? I don't know what the point of Model UN is, period. Yeah, in general. But I don't like, even know what it is, to be honest. That's a good point. I've only ever really seen it in action in an episode of Community. Mm-hmm. Mm. 
Mm. But yeah, I think Laura Jean writing him back, that's that's the start of the slippery slope, right? Well, I mean, it, she's like, she's toying with it the whole time. Like, oh, should I write him back? Then I'm going to tell Peter about it, but like not totally kind of you know put him off the scent kind of i don't know it's like he has this line later i'll just i'll just get to it now or he says something like um let me find the line here this is my number five moment uh it says geez cubby for someone who's never had a boyfriend you sure do know how to mess with the guy (laughs) which is Mm. like that's fair (laughs) because he's just like what am i supposed to do with this information you give me you know i mean i would have preferred it more if if she even had agency and she was just like guess what peter i'm gonna make you work for it Mm -hmm. um I, I mean, my only moment of like really, I, I mean, so I went from moments where I didn't like Peter Kavinsky in this movie to like the needle doesn't move at all. The only moment I, I actually really liked him was there's a part where she's just like, oh, hey, I made some cookies. And he's like, yeah, I deciphered your vague booking code, mm-hmm. like hashtag pensive bake. Like, like I know he's paying attention. Yeah. Well, it's it's just like. I don't know what, like, you think you're like, you're sneaking one by me or whatever. Like, I, I know you, I know you've got something on your mind. I'm legitimately asking like, what's up? And she's just like, oh my God, you cracked the code. And he's just like, ah, yeah. Also, I like cookies. Mm-hmm. I love a sacred doodle right now. Uh, so Peter's buddy, who's Trevor. I think this uh, is the Ross guy. Butler. Who, this is the guy who left Riverdale to be. I, I movie, just keep right? thinking of him as Ross Butler. Yeah. Okay. Who's Ross Butler? Is that his name? That's an actor. Yeah. Okay. What? I mean. He was in Riverdale, right? Like, yeah, he was like the first Reggie, I think, maybe. And then they cast a guy who later became Veronica's like real life boyfriend. I think so. Yeah, and I, I think they're broken up now too. Oh bummer. Yeah. Well, I mean, now she's she's dating. Uh, no, she's married to Chandler. Noel Hotchkiss. Noel Hotchkiss. Oh, she's dating that guy now. Well, no, she's she's married to Noel Hotchkiss, and Riverdale's like flash forward. Oh, he plays Chadwick. Okay. That his name? Not, not IRL. Yeah. Well, then I, I watched the thirty second trailer, and it's like this is Chadwick, my husband, or something. It's just like fucking Riverdale. Hmm. How sad is it that for a moment, I I know what the name is, but I was thinking like, oh, it's John Wick's little brother, Chad. <laughs> <laughs> Chadwick. Uh, yeah. Uh, Ross Butler. He was in Shazam. He was the original okay. Reggie. I I he was in Thirteen Reasons Why. I I. Was this the like? I think he ref, left Riverdale to go do something else. Was it this movie? I thought he was in this movie and then like do like the second and third one because they filmed these back to back. It was like he had to leave Riverdale mm. to to stay with this. Which I'm hopeful for the third movie because I know they went back and did reshoots. I, what is the story of the third movie? Let, let's let's save the conversation for the third movie because we're going to be do, doing that next week. Um, but uh, you mentioned the treehouse. That was my number two uh, moment, or, you know, chronologically speaking. Um, just the flashback to the treehouse. Lara Jean is a Hufflepuff, obviously. Um, and you could, you could see why that was, like, a, a good memory for her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, especially since, and I, I would say it's one of my moments, too, because I think ultimately, by tallying my notes up, I don't have a full seven. Mm-hmm. But, like, I know that, like, they paint her as, like, she lives in her reading. Like, she's such a such a, a, a imaginative bookworm in the first one, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. And it's like, this would be a pivotal moment where I get that. That's sweet. Um, the, uh, the mean lady from Happiest Season shows up as, like, the, the divorcee across the street. Uh, did that relationship, I mean, did that, that storyline have anything for you? Like... 
it was like why is this here i guess we, there's no tension it's just like to pad out the running time or something yeah it's like i don't know it doesn't really seem to tie in thematically or it's not like a foil for what lara jean's going through i don't know it just it just it's just kind of there like we we have to do something with the father character and the sister character so and again she's just like oh, i'm so sorry that valentine that was for my sister and the chick's like no shit <laughs> why did she let her sister send the valentine i would seriously you, just, you, you know your sister by now you just got to confiscate that and maybe give her a spanking Okay. Ooh. <laughs> um, but I mean, yeah, like, like, uh, hey, Kitty, this is becoming a problem. <laughs> yeah, Kitty, like, we need to have a grown-up conversation here. You can't do this. I mean, are you a Riverdale villain? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I wanted more of Chris. Also, good on you, Chris, that you drew up some kind of bullshit volunteering thing where it's just like you staying at home with your rescue dog. Cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I I guess I like Chris and Ross Butler together. They seem fun. Like I don't. We'll get to it later. But I don't know who these characters are. There's though. a part in this movie where I'm like, yeah, if you just like transplanted all these characters to, like a haunted house or something, I guess I'd be into it. But like, there's no real plot happening here. Like, it, it takes 26 minutes for John Ambrose to show up in this movie. Like, we get the letter, but he doesn't appear himself till like almost a half hour into the movie. And it's like, oh hey, conflict. There's there's finally some reason for this movie to exist. Well, let's jump to like what the movie presents as conflict prior to that. So she goes to meet him for for co- a coffee shop after practice at five p.m. Uh, uh, her whole time, her boyfriend Peter Kavinsky. Yes, the whole time people are trying to like take this extra chair from her. Mm-hmm. How is she so bad at putting something on the chair? I think she eventually does because when Peter shows up, he takes her backpack and coat off. Well, it. she's got a she's got a shit ton of things piled up on the table. Just mm-hmm. put them on the chair. Have you never saved? Have you never had that disgusting? I mean, Holding the line job in a movie where you've gone with more than four. Lara Jean is what sixteen, maybe seventeen. I will, I will give her the benefit of the doubt and say she, she has not learned how to exude serious, like stay the fuck away from me vibes as one gets, you know, when they enter their twenties and thirties and know how to like preserve a chair somewhere. Also, you're sending others going to meet you at five p.m. at the coffee shop. At what point do you call to see why they're late? She kept checking her phone. I mean, you, I, we never saw minutes. her call though. Yeah. I, I have called you by 20 minutes. Ah, uh, gosh, I don't know. I mean, if you don't, you don't want to be seen as clingy. I would probably give it an hour personally. I'm not saying I won't wait an hour. Mm-hmm. There's no answer, but I will call you. I would probably text minutes. at like 15 I will contact of. you at 15 to 20 minutes to just be like, hey, is everything cool? Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't even be everything cool. I'd just be like, hey, I got us a seat here. You know, just, okay. just kind of throwing that out there passive aggressively. Nice. Mm-hmm. Oh, Peter Kavinsky would love you. So, but Peter Kavinsky, he has an excuse. He's like, coach doesn't let us use our phones. He made us run laps, which like seems reasonable. I don't know. Like you could have communicated that beforehand, could have worked out a better system, but ultimately he's sorry. Like, I don't, I don't know what else Larry Jean really wants out of this situation, you know? I would have said, hey, coach, can I go to the bathroom and then go to my locker and get my phone? I don't know if they really let you do that in sports. I don't know. You just like shit your pants? Yes. (laughs) Okay. I I don't know. I guess I just never understood the highs and lows of high school football or whatever. Or whatever the quote from Riverdale (laughs) is. There's a little Riverdale shadow over the show. Um, Yeah, yeah. So the sister's thing. What war is Archie fighting in? Like the Canadian war? Like something in the forties, obviously. 
The Great War. <sighs> Jughead as a struggling writer. That's exactly how it looks to be a writer. Just tear your hair out at your desk. Like Jughead becomes like, is he going to become like full on F. Scott Fitzgerald and like? I think it's going to be like, was it Jim Carrey in the Room Twenty Three? Uh, or is that a different actor? I can't even remember. Well, I mean, will Betty become like some kind of Zelda cross of Clarice Starling? Mm-hmm. Oh, you know they're going to do a really bad uh, Silence of the Lambs bit. I would love to never know what they mm-hmm. do next on that show. Can't believe that show got renewed. Of course it did. I mean, but final season. I, that's my final offer. The next season's the last. Mm-hmm. I guarantee it. Um, um yeah, so I, I'm watching the scene where like the the little sister's concocting her master plan to like send a Valentine to this neighbor. I don't know what hollyhocks are. They talk about that. And my my two thoughts were I bet the Coveys have a cleaner who comes by. It's a big house, it's very clean, mm-hmm. a lot of stuff. I mean, if you have nothing, fine, your house is clean. But like, even still, there's a lot of places to dust in this house. My second thought was, is John Corbett a snack? I can't tell. I don't know, man. I don't know. I think I think for our own interest, we have to start saying he is. We're getting up there. <laughs> it just is like, uh, are we like paying it for? Yes. People eventually call us snacks? Yes. Okay. <laughs> but you, sir, you're not just a snack. You're a deviled egg. I like to think I'm a whole home run pie. Now you're more of a taquito. Mm-hmm. Um, so Laura Jean volunteers at this like super rich old folks home. Oh, before we talk about this ridiculous old folks home, you talk about the scene where Jen shows up and it's basically just like, you're going to get fat bitch and walks off like in so many words. Like yeah. I, I was really struggling. To remember, I love like, Jen. Were, were they this antagonistic in the first movie? I think so. And I love Jen. Talk about another character. I wish the movie was about. That's because they, they, they give layers to Jen here where like, I feel like they're not doing a very good job of giving Lara Jean layers. She just, she kind of just comes off as selfish to me in this movie and like kind of yeah. immature, which is and just it's, not, it's understandable, but at the same time, it's like, you're not, you're not going up in my estimation as the movie goes on. No, just, just wildly unaware of, mm. of, of herself, her actions, her place in them. And it was hard because I like Lana Condor and I thought I really liked this character, but whatever. Again, she's 16. Um, but yeah, this old folks home, I bet this place has been ravaged by COVID. I would, yeah, these people are all dead. I would love to know if this was in the book because it feels really out of nowhere. Like this whole stormy character who's just like, I'm fabulous and old and I'm going to talk no nonsense to you. And we're not, we don't like that PC jargon here. I was a stewardess. Like, I don't know. Like, was this really all in the book? I would love to know. I read like four chapters of the book. I don't remember a mm-hmm. thing about it, but uh, Stormy, I felt like was the most alive character in not this movie, but in a whole other movie that somehow overlapped occasionally with this I'm movie. I'm fully expecting her to be dead in the third one. Like she, ha- she kind of has to die, right? I, I just kept thinking like, she's like, oh yeah, I really befriended your older sister, Margot, And then I find out that her little sister is a fucking drip. Mm-hmm. Margot, by the way, has like one scene FaceTiming in. What a, a waste bummer. of Janelle Parrish. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think she likes Scotland. Enough about Margot. We're never mm-hmm. going to talk about her again, which means we're never going to talk about her ex-boyfriend again, which I'm fine with. You know, doesn't he live next door? Uh, he was like canceled because he, he said some bad things about uh, Japanese people. Oh, did he? Good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rinse. So I think Fuck he's him. been written out of the sequels. Go to hell, you son of a bitch. Mm-hmm. 
Um, well, what's the, what would be the point? You already have a love triangle with John Ambrose. I mean, they did like the fucking Nick Fury stinger scene. To me, John to me, you only keep around the neighbor if you're going to make Margot a bigger part of the movie. Yeah, like, there's more there, but yeah. I mean, let's face it. John Ambrose already got Evans petered. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So Laura Jean, she meets John Ambrose. There's a, re- a ludicrously telegraph moment where she knocks over the bulb M and M's, and it's just like three, two, one. She slips on them. Oh yeah. Um, which which this scene can i just say how i thought that scene was utterly clunky and yet i still love lana condor in that scene i mean i feel like you know one division aside if sitcoms still mattered i think she would kill it in one i think she's got the right energy for that thanks yeah yeah i mean i don't know john ambrose seems like a a nice i, I i'm trying not to say nice guy because that has like connotations you know but like he seems like he'd certainly be a worthy boyfriend and he seems at least on the surface more invested in uh Lara Jean although I do think there's moments that are subtle where you see that Peter is he's he's definitely paying attention to her it's not like he doesn't give a shit you know but he doesn't mm. show it in the same way I feel like you could lose your virginity to Peter Kavinsky and then happily date John Ambrose I mean you at least want to find out right yeah I mean is he going to fuck you so hard that your calves cramp? I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah, one of my top moments is the uh, utterly depressing thing about John Ambrose where he says, I need that letter back so I have proof that someone actually liked me in middle school, which... I feel like that's I, a little I, bit of I, a line. I, like, I don't know. I get you, it, buddy. Yeah. No, I get it. <laughs> that's a calculated self-deprecation is how I read On all it. the layers. Mm-hmm. I get it. <laughs> Um, Laura Jean and her sister make valentines there's way too much like arts and trash all over that living room she's making home run pies I mean she calls them turnovers but I call them home run pies yeah also the little sister will not shut the fuck up about having getting credit for getting her sister I just need a little yet. less yeah let's like, shove calm it. down kitty I don't advocate violence against children but I need you to shut a, a shove a hot home run pie into that girl's mouth <laughs> Maybe just like bite down on the nearest pillow for a while. Oh, that's kinky. Oh, I didn't even like that. <laughs> Sicko. Um, uh, my number three moment. Just I, I just want to say the uh, the singing Valentine business uh, beyond blah. mortifying. I would dump blah. someone over this. If some if I had a, a girlfriend who did this to me, I'd just be like, it's over. Okay, I, I know teens are horny and hormonal. There is way too much emphasis on Valentine's Day at this high school. Like this is. I don't know. If I was in faculty and administration, this would make me uncomfortable. It's a little too much. Yeah. I really don't remember anything big happening on Valentine's Day when we were in high school. I remember the drama was, um, oh shit, what was his name? Sean something. Of course, he was a jock. His name was mm-hmm. Sean, whatever. He, like, they would do, like, not singing telegrams class to class, but like in a couple periods, you could have bought something at lunch and then like somebody would deliver it a to little, you. Like, a little you googling Coco? A little bit, yeah, yeah. But I'll never forget this dude, Sean. He got what looked like a plastic rose that was sent to him by his girlfriend in science class. And the teacher was calling it how sweet it was. And then she came and she looked closer. And then she, you could see the look on her face when she realized that the the plastic was actually made out of condom wrappers. Mm, classy. And she couldn't, she couldn't like... She didn't want to make a bigger deal out of it. Mm-hmm. 
because she didn't want to, I don't know, discipline or, or have the whole class notice, but it was just like, great, maybe don't have it out the entire okay. class. Okay, Sean. Yeah. Anyway, so seeing Telegram, like my girl Chris says, I would get ear bleeds. I, I would break up with the person who did that to me. In general, high school, take the plagiarism aside, which first of all, Edgar Allan Poe, not, not Peter Kaminsky. He's not an Edgar Allan Poe guy, but like writing poetry for your girlfriend, is that? that happening i think when you're noah centineo and you're six feet tall you can get away with it i feel like there's a nightmare version of this where alternate um oh what is that little petite guy from timothy chalamet timothy chalamet plays this character and it makes more sense also the height difference would appeal to you more is he tall he can't be taller than her she's five three Here's the website that I need to go get the URL for. Is Smithy Chalamet taller than me? He's 5'10". That's, that's fairly tall. That's surprising. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have 5'10 I energy. I can see it. He's kind of lanky. Mm. He has nowhere to go but up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't know. I, I, I don't think I'm one of those guys who cares anyway, but like, I'm fine with whatever weight there is until Dune. I will probably see that movie, but... If it's if it's in six months or six years, okay. Yeah, I'm I'm not I wasn't like super bummed when it got delayed. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's fine. Um Yeah, so Chris and Lurgeen have a standing subway Valentine's Day, eat fresh. What was the deal where she gives the sandwich to Ross Butler? Cause they're gonna fuck. But like is that what like I don't know. I, is there symbolism I'm missing there with the sandwich? I don't know. I just he's got a, he's got the the meatball meatball hoagie in his in his hand. Okay. Also, Chris is the kind of girl who's just like, hey, before you have sex with your boyfriend, you better get good at masturbating. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, where is this going? Not really anywhere because this is I don't know Act Two. Obviously, she's going to lose her virginity in Act Three. That seems like the uh, the obvious uh, resolution probably like there. like in New York or wherever that is they go. Yeah. In there, yeah. Um. At this point, we've established this like pattern in the movie where like Lara Jean is disappointed in Peter for doing something, but then he, he kind of he makes a romantic gesture and then she's back in again. You yeah. know, it's like oh, he was late to coffee, but then he had a good excuse and he like took her to like a carnival or something, and then uh, he didn't do the Valentine's Day scene telegram, but he wrote her a poem or at least let her believe that he did. And which gave which her I would a, say- a locket. I will say this though the the thing that I found most endearing about the Valentine's Day antics was first of all these fucking assholes who were just like oh man here's what Peter did for for Jen last year I, I don't like, know why I not, know that could you just, like I don't need to know well, that I don't know why I remember that to tell you but yeah. like I appreciate that he's not like doing the same thing he did for his ex yeah although maybe you could have a conversation about that beforehand yeah I don't well know. hindsight's twenty twenty. But uh, back to Chris real quick. Fucking the witch shop. Good for you, girl. Near the saws and what have you. That sounds dangerous. Dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, my my next top moment is uh, Lord Jane reads a letter flashing back to some Halloween party. Yeah, that's my number four as well. With the where she dressed up as a piece of French toast and he dressed up as a deviled egg. That's, mm-hmm. that's good costumes. And just getting what's in the letter, I think, is we we needed that at some point. You know, to establish the stakes. Um, They were like weirdly disappointed to find out what they'd be doing at the old folks home. Like, what did you think volunteering at an old folks home was going to be like? Because I feel like if you're not cleaning bedpans, you're doing well. Yeah. Yeah. Although you've got to be looking at that place and thinking like there's some fucking money here. I need to start 
Well, Stormy find... appears to have like this massive suite of rooms. Oh, she's it's I mean, there's depth. Mm-hmm. There's background. Like, this is her mansion that other old people live at or something. But I mean, like, obviously, I'm not a good person. So I would find the patients to have the most dementia. And I would be like, Grandpa, it's me. <laughs> okay. I need that money. You're just doing some light grifting and con artistry. I am always doing some mm-hmm. light grifting. Um, yeah, Stormy gets really involved. I, God, I hope to get to this age or this level of wealth and, and effectively not have to care about anyone else's love life but my own. I think when you're old, you, you stop giving a fuck about anything. Apparently not. She's like super invested in whatever Laura Jean's got going on. That's probably just for herself, though. At least that's how I read it. Like vicariously? Mm-hmm. I just, I like how Stormy's like, John Ambrose is cute. Fuck him. And she's like, well, I have a boyfriend. Hey, your boyfriend's probably cute. Fuck him. Mm-hmm. I'm back on the John Ambrose thing. John Ambrose is cute. Fuck him. And then let us all watch. Oh, Peter, he plagiarized that love phone. What a hack. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I feel like Stormy's outrageous game and Mojo are just wasted in this place. I mean, like it just no, feels like of, it's a different movie. None of these old guys are going to match her. Like, I don't care how many little blue pills and fake hips they've got happening. So we got the party scene, uh, where I, <laughs> did these parties exist? I guess they do. I was never invited, but it seems where, like a pretty happening party with lots of blue cups and drinking games. And it's a big mansion. Wh- whose house is this? I don't know. Where the the crown of most popular boroughs clearly demonstrated by the guy who demonstrates his ability to flip cup. Mm-hmm. It just reminded me of poor Hannah Mare trying to move heaven and earth to get dicked down by Sean at some party, and he was way into more into foosball. Yeah. At least Peter texted to say, you know, some variation of "You don't look like you're having fun." And she's just I like mean, staring at him the whole time across the room. Yeah, I, I guess after two hours, it was nice of him to notice. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like, I was like, oh, yeah, Laura Jean's friend. I remember liking him. It's nice to know he's still in this movie for this single scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're sharing an ice cream sandwich. And she she just is kind of casually mentioning. So I got John Ambrose kind of like he's on the bench just in case. Like I'm trying to assuage my guilt by telling somebody about it. Well, also, she's like, I don't overthink things of John Ambrose, who I've seen exactly twice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, also, I think at one point somebody refers to Virginia as like a base jumping metaphor. Sure. Yeah, yeah, that was later. Mm-hmm. You know what that reminded me of? Mm. It was your, your cousin. Yeah, R.I.P. <laughs> Speed suit. <laughs> um I like the, yeah, old, the old lady uh, telling John Ambrose and Lara Jean to like shut the fuck up and just do bingo. Yeah. Like, yeah. got the chit chat. Well, seriously, do you not think these people can hear you? Mm-hmm. Jesus fucking Christ. No, they're old. They're not even people. Away. Yeah. <laughs> well, they all have hearing aids. Um, yeah. What, so what do you think Ambrose- about this stuff where like, like it's when she's like, tell she's in the car with Peter and she's like, oh, I don't want to have sex. And then just like Jen appears in the backseat. Like there's a couple flourishes like that they'll do where like the other person's just right there in her imagination. I felt like it wasn't stylized enough, nor was the plot. I don't know, really palpable enough to make it necessary. Yeah. I mean, I can see how it would work in a better movie, I guess, you know, like you needed more conflict and you needed more stylization. Yeah. Um, 
John Ambrose, though, nice guy. I mean, I say that without the connotations. I don't. Maybe he's kind. I don't. I don't know the right way to word it. But uh, he's got some Peter Kaminsky baggage to get off his chest. Like what? Well, like you ever notice how he just always gets the last slice of pizza? I've been yeah. turning that around for years. That, yeah, for years. He's. He's just. I just have to point this out because you're going to notice it later, and I'm going to score some points. Um, oh, at like, this point, Lara Jean really should have mentioned that she was dating Peter. Oh, yeah. It's gone yeah, on yeah. too long now. And she kind of is half-heartedly trying to and getting interrupted. Yeah. Still. Uh, yeah, so they're tearing down the treehouse. I mean, honestly, good on the new family who doesn't want a bunch of strange fucking kids in their, their property. I guess so. If you just want to finger blasting and finger blasting and reading Harry Potter, which is obviously a gateway drug to finger blasting. Mm-hmm. Um, this biology class, uh, my biggest note is that teacher drew a pretty good octopus on that blackboard. Is this where she um, she's like, oh, I was thinking about doing a uh, like a a thing at the treehouse with all these other people, and oh, and John Ambrose right at the end, just like very very casually mentioning them. Like, come on, you're bad poker face, Lara Jean. And is that even a poker face? Or whatever. Peter is immediately just like, uh, <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> you wrote him back? Yeah. Yeah. Even that mouth breather can put, you know, two and two together. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, just the, the biology class, little bits of modern day fired back into the past, seeing Peter wear a mask, dissect this eight legged thing. <laughs> also, uh, speaking of the Trevor guy, I don't like people who call it Za. I have that note here. Is his name Trevor? I just call him Ross Butler. Yeah, Ross Butler calls pizza za, which uh, to me is a war crime, but to each their own. Yeah, there's some... There's some. He's got a date with Nuremberg. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought somebody called him Trevor. I don't know. I don't care. Because um, I don't know who this character is. Like, if he was fleshed out, he might be Luke from the OC, and I might like him the best. I don't know. Yeah, but. He is Trevor, yeah. Um, my next moment is the time capsule thing. There's I, a lot of interpersonal drama and passive aggressive shit happening there. It's bitching. I do think this is maybe the best sequence in the movie because there's there's some tension. You know, there's dramatic tension. There's awkwardness. There's more characters to invest in. I don't know. Um, I'm not sure yeah. why they're making Chris be the one to dig up the time capsule and like these like chunky heels that she's wearing. At one point, when the the part of the shovel got stuck in between like yeah, the yeah. deep V. I was like, is she just going to fall over? Like it's some, when does Ross Butler or Peter or John just be like, Hey, I got that, you know? And come on dudes, show a little chivalry here. I, I, perhaps this is Chris's thing and she's clearly invested in it. Also, she just appeared on the shores of the lake with a shovel, <laughs> which makes her automatically the coolest character in this, this movie. Um, yeah, so Thanksgiving shopping, the neighbor gets invited. Oh, Again, let's let's, let's not skip over that scene. I feel like there's some stuff going on here. Oh, you got more there? Yeah, well, the, the, I mean, this is the big scene where it's it's clear to everyone that Lara Jean's kind of flirting with John Ambrose, and he doesn't seem to be aware that they're that she's dating Peter. And it's pretty awkward. And there's the whole thing with the time capsule that they're emptying out. And uh, Jen is there awkwardly, and she's like, oh, there's nothing in here for me. But she's acting kind of weird about it. And uh, it's like uh, it's like a John Ritter scene from Three's Company, where it's like he's got one girlfriend in that room, another mm-hmm. girlfriend in the other room, but like they're in the same room. And here. Jen's telling the story. Oh, remember when he kissed me in front of your mom? And he's just like, uh, uh, I don't remember that. And everyone else is like, yikes. 
Well, it's just, you know, again, like uh, John Ambrose is like, no, it's cool, bro. Like, I will help her clean up. And Kavinsky is like, I think I can help my girlfriend clean up. It's like he kind of was, I don't know, was he pushed to that moment? Maybe. I mean, at some point, like, it it seems clear. I, I think at that point, Peter is like, okay, well, she hasn't told him. So, like, I don't know. Do you tell someone at that point? Like, is, is it better or worse to, to make it known or not make it known? I feel like there were probably shittier ways that he could have asserted his uh, status. I mean, these are also high school students, so yeah. it, not, well, it, it seemed about right for the, the age group. I mean, these are still movie high school students. Yeah. I don't think we're getting anything nearly eloquent in the real world, but yeah. Also, the, um, yeah, the bit mean, where it's like, oh, hey, it's your Seahawks hat. And then Jen's just like, oh, remember when you used to like start wearing a Seahawks jersey like after that? And she's feeling all awkward about it. Yeah, I mean, this is a this is a good scene. It's not my number one scene in the movie, but things happen finally. Yeah, you're right. But I, I feel like this uh, movie, it manages the impressive feat of me. not. It makes me not like Peter, but also I'm kind of on his side because yeah. it just like it's like yeah peter seems like kind of a tool but at the same time like she's really putting him in weird situations yeah yeah well and he's a he's a tool but like he's not the tooliest tool that we've ever seen it doesn't in seem like maliciously slow yeah 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 um yeah so yeah little little baby mark ruffalo there is you know he could be worse. But like at, at this this scene here in the re, the the tree house like I could, if you just were to transport these people into like a haunted house for a movie or something I think I'd enjoy that a lot more because like, I don't know, the, the other characters like Chris and Ross Butler and like and Jen, you know, like there's there's more interesting drama seemingly going on with them. And so I'm like, let's let's broaden it out a little bit and uh, maybe give them a plot. Well, honestly, I could absolutely see this as like a three season Netflix right. show. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of shocked that they didn't lock that down. Um since they seem to be all in on the Noah Centineo thing. I guess they're just making cheap rom-coms with them instead. Well, but also like whatever the Bitcoin GameStop movie is, that's not my first thought. It's not Noah Centineo, but apparently it's Netflix's. That's going to be so past its sell sell by date by the time it comes out. There are currently six different projects in development. Imagine one of the six, one of them is a Netflix one starring Noah Centineo, whatever. Another one is like a like a Jason Blum movie, mm-hmm. whatever. <laughs> I'm surprised Ryan Murphy hasn't uh, thrown his weird flourished hat in there as well. Um, Thanksgiving, yeah, I just I had to hear my that the that Laura Jean was just like, by the way, my sister sent you that Valentine with my dad, and they were like, may or the neighbors like, no shit. Um, Thanksgiving um, really seems for lack of a better word, fake, you know, it's just like we needed a a big family moment. So we're inventing a holiday for it. I would probably be better prepared to talk about this. If I remembered the first one better, because was there a Thanksgiving scene in that movie? I feel like there's a lot of family. Well, no, because that started like in the summer to fall. So did it? Yeah. Because it's like Margo's going away. This is seemingly happening in like March or something. Like February, March, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, um, did like the scene of John Ambrose? He's just kind of laying down some game while he plays the piano there, very slick. I mean, yeah, that's that's a move. But uh, I I did find it interesting that the the John Corbett bonehead move of like bringing the canned green beans to the family holiday, like they turned that into a tradition. 
sounds uh, also like uh i don't know realistically stupid yeah i mean i feel like i feel like all couples or families have these kind of silly inside jokes mm-hmm. that are born out of something initially dumb especially in the retelling but like they make the newcomers eat the canned green beans and they're acting like they're eating slugs or whatever like it's just green well, like everyone stops to watch them it's a little awkward yeah it's like you're not putting like live worms down mm-hmm. down your gullets there you're yeah. fine uh, they're probably delicious. Uh, they get into a fight because he comforted his ex when she had family problems. Um, that is my number six moment when the, the secrets come out about Peter and Jen and how uh, Chris like snapped the photo of those two seemingly very close to each other. And we find out that there's a lot more drama happening at that hot tub than we know about. He was, uh, and I, if this feels like retroactively like making you like the character worse. Like we find out that Peter was waiting there, not for Lara Jean, but for Jen to show up. Because he was planning on hooking up with Jen and Lara got there first and Jen is probably rightly feeling somewhat betrayed by the whole situation. If I remember correctly, obviously Monica and Chandler hooked up on Friends, but didn't it come out later that she was actually going to go fuck Joey and just ran into Chandler instead? Maybe. It's been a long time. There might have been some extra wrinkle like that, yeah. Um, but yeah, also that that, you know, while she surmised that Jen probably filmed them in the hot tub and he's like, who can say? We'll never know. It's like, turns out he's always known that it was Jen who filmed them. And didn't tell her because he didn't want there to be more antagonism between them. Which, on one hand, I get that. But also, dude, that's child porn. Yeah. That's your, that's your lady's naked form on the internet. She wasn't yes, naked, you, I don't think, was she? Your your lady's sexual yeah. form on the internet. And yeah, maybe you come off as a, as a real king there, son. But like, that's not cool, man. Not cool. Well, I, I'd completely forgotten that there was like previous drama between Lara Jean and Jen and how like Lara Jean kissed Peter when Jen had a crush on him back in like the seventh grade. And that's what like destroyed their friendship. I, in my memory, I got it confused with tangents from the perfectionist books that mm-hmm. we read because <laughs> I felt like there was like a similar yeah, storyline yeah. in there. Um, so after the breakup, there's all this like Wes Anderson framing that I couldn't unsee. This is where the director starts really trying some stuff, right? Where she's like singing a song, like singing along to the song in the soundtrack well, on like there's a dolly a shot, like Spike Lee dolly shot. Yeah. And they, they like, they go even bigger when it rises up at the end. Mm-hmm. But like, there's a moment in the Wes Andersonness of it all where she's brushing her teeth in the mirror. And I thought of Luke Wilson and Rowan Tenenbaums. And I was like, <laughs> oh, fuck. Needle in the hay comes on. Yeah. It's just like heartbreak on the banner at school up above her. Like, I don't know. It's you're doing something. I don't really know if it works, but you're doing it. Then they go to the Portland Aquarium. Um, Which doesn't so exist. the kids Yeah, it doesn't exist. The kids have di- dissected an octopus. They've developed that real bloodlust. Now they're letting them loose on the other aquatic animals. Well, she's wearing his necklace still in this, like over like a, a high collared sweater. So it's like she really wants people to see this thing. Is does that mean in, in some perhaps subconscious way she's still holding on to the relationship there? Because like clearly you wanted everyone to see you're still wearing the necklace and, and you are very aware of it yourself whenever you look in the mirror. Or it's also a family heirloom that he gave her that will ward off vampires. Mm-hmm. You're thinking of Vampire Diaries. Oh. Well, same diff. Um, I mean, we, I feel like in the, the aquarium thing when he's like helping her get it off, it's like we finally got like a taste of the heat in the first movie a little also you get the sound yeah the sound of the fishies being fishies which is very erotic mm-hmm. um and then uh, my probably my top moment is jen and laura jean at the treehouse 
Yeah, burying the hatchet with Jen. I mean that that scene. It, I don't know. There was there was good angst there. It was kind of like, man, I wish the rest of the movie kind of had more of this energy to it, where it's like Lara Jean isn't just like a cartoon villain. She has, yeah. uh, you know, multitudes herself, and and uh, Lara Jean can reflect on her, you know, her own actions there and whatnot. Yeah, I don't know. I, I wish the movie was more like that scene. Well, yeah, I mean, the cartoon villain thing is is apt. It's not inaccurate because it's like. In this movie, essentially in this this battlefield that these two have chosen, she has won. Mm-hmm. And the movie has presented her as, despite her own securities, not exactly gracious about that victory. Um, which is not a good look for your main character. Uh, especially who's supposed to be kind of humble and down to yeah, earth. Yeah. I mean, granted, she's allowed to be complicated and not be necessarily a good person. But I, I don't know, the movie wants two things to happen at once. But yeah, I... I appreciate the more this time it just felt to me like, you know, the missing the friendship is like, it's the closest thing we get to like the, the shadow of her mother's loss that kind of hangs over. I don't know. Um, so Stormy gets origin in a fancy dress for the star ball. Does her makeup and hair. She, Stormy says things like the way you look should be against the law. I feel like I've heard that in a movie before. Oh, it's probably been in movies. Yeah. Stormy doesn't really seem to care who Lara Jean is, is, you know, seeking or infatuated with at any moment. She's just like kind of just having fun, like dressing her up like a doll. It feels like, you know, Stormy's like, what's you know my secret, dear. I am high on pills. Mm-hmm. They will <laughs> give old people anything. Yeah. Um, what's John this, like, weird the- dance music that's playing? Like would, would the old people really be like getting down to this weird dance music? I don't know. No, no. Oh, I mean, is the playlist just picked by these two teens, yeah. these two horny repressed teens? Uh, John Ambrose is the same kind of dork as her. He showed up like in a white tuxedo jacket. He's going for it. I mean, props. yeah, he showed up. He showed up with intentions. He's I like, I might as well dress like James Bond. Yeah, I'm just going to go for it. Which it's it's like I said, the movie's very weird to me because I don't think the guy is like unattractive, but the movie never presents him as like. Well, sexy. At this point in the movie, I'm like, why shouldn't I be rooting for this guy? Like, it seems like you've established him as like a perfect potential boyfriend. But you know what this he's, guy he's just not the dude. And so, you know, he gets rejected after they kiss. You know what this guy needed is he needed Jude Law's glasses from the holiday. Oh, like he, he, just he wears like, those for two scenes and takes them off. Yeah. And yeah he bites he, the one side. Yes. The Clark Kennett a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then. Like Laura Jean just squirts? Yeah, fuck yeah. I mean, in a different uh, movie where she was going to end up with him, there would be a sequence like that, yeah. Where like he'd been wearing just, his glasses the whole time and take him off in this scene. I, I don't know, man. Like present him as an actual dramatic quote-unquote threat to the relationship. I haven't actually seen Bridget Jones' diary, but I assume that there's some kind of tension there between her and the one asshole and the other asshole. Yeah, I couldn't tell you. Um. Yeah, so this these old people though, this dance seems like they're going to be smashing a lot of wrinkled flesh up against each other tonight. Do you think some hips are going to get rebroken? Do you think John paid off all the old people to get them to dance? Because that would have been a good move if he did. Because they were like, "Oh, dance, dance, whatever." They like, you know, like all the old people are like kind of haranguing them to do so. Like, hmm. I don't know what what could he do? They have money. What is what do old people need? You know, like what is he slipping them to get them? to do what he wants <laughs> he's slipping them. Mm-hmm. 
I, what I, what I'm suspecting, I cannot say okay. in the public forum. <laughs> um, but this is the point in the movie where I'm like, who am I supposed to be rooting for? Because this all seems pretty romantic, and she's broken up now. So I don't know. You know, like Peter yeah. seems perhaps maybe a little unfairly maligned in the movie by Lara Jean, but also like whatever they broke up you know like i don't know should i should i be rooting against this romance between her and john like it's just kind of happening i don't know it's very strange for romantic comedy he did not contribute like directly to the breakup they broke up entirely of their own issues Mm -hmm. yeah i mean sure it was it was a small part of it stressed by the john ambrose situation but it all ties back to her Mm -hmm. it wasn't like i mean other than john ambrose airing his grievances with like young peter kaminsky yeah yeah, which, you know... It's, well, and it's, it's like, they go outside, it's snowing in Oregon for he, somehow. He tells another pathetic story. <laughs> he tells another story. They um they do snow angels, and they kiss in the snow, but it's like, it's all very romantically framed. Then she's just like, nah, sorry. Yeah, it's like You don't kiss brother. as well as Peter, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Stormy consoles her because Stormy's just like, whatever. Sometimes you have to kiss the wrong man to find the right one. Jesus, I'm just full of aphorisms and gin tonight. I will, I will definitely be dead in the third movie. You're going you're gonna to come visit me at some point and you'll open the room and it will be empty and there'll just be like a maid in there cleaning and they'll be like, oh, she passed last night. It's just Peter consoles Laura Jean at a funeral and then he leans over and says, who is this old woman again? Yeah. Uh, so Laura Jean goes running off to find Peter, but dun, 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 there he is. She's, she's not even looking to find Peter. She's just leaving. And there he is. Well, no, I thought the, I thought the impression was that from Stormy, she got the, the drive. Peter's the one I want to be with. I need to go fix this. Perhaps. But yeah, she doesn't know he's going to be out front. Yeah. Yeah. She's always going to be out front. So the next morning, they're watching the transcript taken apart. They're still in the same clothes as the night before. Yes. Uh, well, so he shows up and it's like, oh, I know you don't like to drive in the snow. Um, yeah, it is like early the next day. She is still in the dress. So uh, you're, you're telling me that John Corbett let her stay out all night? I don't think so. And then they they start floating up into the air. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's just I feel like the director of this movie makes a very good DP. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's fair. All right. Well, that was the movie. Um, Suffice it to say, we weren't super entertained by it. I guess we're watching the sequel too. Yeah, I, 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 because I'm naive and I'm optimistic. I have high hopes for the sequel, but maybe there'll be more Margo in it. Um, speaking of which, make one change. Uh, I just wrote here, I, I kind of wish there was an actual love triangle to this love triangle movie or something. I guess I want more with Jen and more Janelle Parrish. More I don't Chris. know. I mean, the, the easy change would be she should get to, with John Ambrose at the end, but like, I don't know. I don't know what the. It, it, would she just then break up with him in the next movie to go back to Peter? Like, th- that that would seem to be the obvious thing. So, I mean, if she got with John Ambrose and we kind of start the third movie in this inverted place, whereas, whereas she was watching Peter date Jen in, in the first movie before they got together. And now he's watching her date John Ambrose, even though John Ambrose doesn't go to the same school. I don't know. Well, so where where did John Ambrose go and then suddenly reappear? Because it was like, oh, she's sad. He's moving away. But then he's back, but not going to her school. But like it just like a nearby Oregon high school. Yeah, I don't know. It's a little weird. I feel like John Ambrose maybe goes to a nicer high school. I did like the detail of uh, 
she called everyone calls him John Ambrose because she does because uh, she has like you know two first names. That was mm. nice. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's all I really got for make one change though. It'd be nice to see more Janelle Parrish. I feel like there's probably an opportunity for her to have like a sisterly conversation with Janelle Parrish at some point. I feel like the trailer tells me they go to Korea or something at one point. Oh, and the third third one. They do something as a family where they go on some kind of trip. And then I think she goes on a class trip. I don't know. I saw this trailer like three weeks ago. I feel like Janelle Parrish needs to give her that big sisterly advice. He's like, look, it's like, it's like they say in football. If you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks. If you have two boyfriends, you have no boyfriends. Pick one. Do you think Margo's going to say that to her little sister? Probably not. No. Okay. I need whatever they're thinking for the little, little sister. I need 15% less than that. <laughs> just turn that dial down. <laughs> just think. Just could somebody mute. just slip her a Valium? Just put her on mute. Like mm-hmm. she could still be talking and like all energetic. I just don't want to hear it. <laughs> but even she's like a character in the first movie. And she's really like, she's like, uh, I, I had too much of her in the first movie too. But she's like half of an exposition machine in this one. Yeah. It is a lot of like recapping the movie type stuff at the beginning. <laughs> so a just so you get to know me i'm only here to recap the previous movie but how do i make it a personal thing i make it about me and i claim credit for it all Mm -hmm. so that's my character what up all right well time to do our rankings is this movie better than i am number four is this where we skip over our best and worst oh sorry yeah don't want to don't want to skip the best and worst of imdb trivia i have a, a worst yeah, I think we have the same worst, right? About the uh, skin color? No, no, no. Mine, mine is this. Oh. This movie is longer than the first movie, which was one hour and 39 minutes. This movie is one hour and 42 minutes. What amazing trivia, INDB. Oh, oh. Mine, mine is just that uh, John Ambrose McLaren is white in the first movie. And he's black in the sequel. And it's like, okay, I don't, I don't want to finish this. I don't care. I would swear he was black in the first one. So I don't know. No, I guess I, no. I was incepted. No, he's you. You weren't Mandala. He's he's like a a white guy that I'm not even sure if you really see his face, but he's clearly white. He shows up at the door, and like the little sister answers the door. Mm-hmm. I remember so the scene, like, but yeah, it could all be in the mind of Kitty. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Uh, the best, and this is really scraping the barrel, is that the science class, including Laura Jean and Peter, going to field trip to the Portland Aquarium. No such aquarium exists in Portland, Oregon. The closest aquarium is in Newport, Oregon, almost 100 miles away. Yeah, I'm really scraping the bottom of the barrel on the trivia for this because there's only like six entries. But it has, I don't know what the rule is, but there's, there's, a, there's a six degrees of Kevin Bacon-esque thing in, in IMDb trivia. Whenever they tell you like so-and-so also started another movie of so-and-so, yeah. like there's something there. I don't know. Somebody else go craft that better, but. All right. Well, now we can do our rankings. Was yes. this movie better than I am number four? Yes. I'm going to say no. Sorry. I'm a big I am number four fan. Was this movie okay. better than Jack Reacher? Maybe not. I'm going to say no. And was this movie better than Jurassic Park? No. Sadly, no. Yeah. No. Yeah. I just didn't think this was very good. I, I feel like they should have just. I know there's three books. Maybe it, maybe the, the progression makes more sense in the books. You know, so it does because it kind of just feels like the, the first movie is fairly self-contained and they get together and it's like, all right, we're done. Rom-com's over, you know. I feel like uh, like they definitely break up in, somewhere in the books. Mm. Which I guess they broke up in this movie, whatever. Um, I mean, for like two scenes or something, yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, it just not necessarily just these plot mechanics, but like these characters in a TV show, I would watch it, I guess. It seemed I mean, I would I would watch it if like it was the TV show based on the first movie. I, I feel I like they like, just needed more plot, like more conflict. The only conflict here is that Lara Jean was being kind of selfish. Yeah. Well, like it but my question is is that a plot point in the third one? Is she going to be face of a situation in the third one where she's like having learned a lesson in the second movie, I know not to do this. Like that otherwise what were we doing here? Mm-hmm. I mean besides making some kind of Netflix money, whatever that looks like. I don't know. I feel like Netflix though, the problem with their TV shows and what have you is they're not sustainable because it seems like every Netflix show, like show comes out has to be the biggest fucking thing on Netflix in its first season, which is not sustainable for like two or three years. That's why all their shows end after maybe three seasons, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's no there's no Bridgerton season five, right? I don't know. Well, I don't know. Maybe. Isn't that like a series of books? So Yeah, there's like yeah. six or seven books. And apparently there's some actual fucking in that show. Oh, you mean like unsimulated sex? I don't know if there's unsimulated sex i'm sure they still have an intimacy coordinator but like, i mean like there's oh, what do you like mean, the show what does actual fucking mean well i mean like there's like nudity there's like oh well, yeah it's, it's, so you didn't know that i, I had no idea i okay. thought it was more it's like trashy romance of course but there's yeah. there's like there's like nipples there's like asses there's okay. like thrusting wow welcome there's to the P&B. world of uh nudity in movies i feel like i don't see a lot of nudity in netflix movies um there was that one where it was like a future hacker movie with Clive Owen and Amanda Seyfried. Can't remember what it's called. Uh, I think so. Yeah, it was something where like you could record like everyone's like like their whatever mm. they, anything they see. You know, like their brains. It's like a like a series of wigs or something. I think there's a lot of wigs. Yeah. Okay, but I mean, like, do you see his dick? Is it just like flopping around? I don't believe you see his dick now. Mm, okay. All right. Well. We'll be back in two weeks to talk about To All the Boys, colon, Always and Forever. The final movie of the trilogy, which I don't know what's going to happen in that movie other than, I, I guess the big dramatic detention is going to be like, do they go all the way, right? Like, I don't what else can you do? Uh, I feel like the, the, the conceit will be, does their relationship survive like going into college? Is he, I can't remember, is he supposed to be like a senior and she's a junior or anything like that? Or oh, I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure she's a junior in these movies. I'm not. I mean, theoretically, yeah, I think she is. I yeah. mean, she's 16, so theoretically, they would both be in their senior year, right? In the, in the next movie, I guess so. Yeah, so I, I'm wondering if it if it's like, will this relationship last going into into college? Mm-hmm. Um, which I mean, I would presume you'd want to bang it out before you go into college. Well, I mean, if if he is older and he's going off to college a year early, early like that relationship's over. Do we know that he's older, or are we just assuming that because he's tall? I, I, I think, think that I they're the same age. He's tall because like that friends group. It would be weird if like all those kids were the same age, and there's also Peter Gaminsky who's mm-hmm. one year older. Did you know that Mason in our books is one year older than the rest of the teenagers? Yeah, I knew that. Okay. Uh, Speaking of our books, do we want to do that drawing? Oh, yeah, might as well. All right, Let's do so. It. Uh, if you've been listening to podcasts, you may know in the past that uh, we've got a book, a sequel to our first book, Trouble All Signs Me. This is a sequel. Uh, we did a contest where if people left reviews of the book and let us know about it, 
they could be entered into a drawing to either join us on this podcast or on our Pretty Little Liars podcast. Uh, we have, I don't know, I didn't count the entries somewhere between like 16 to 20, I think. Yeah, I've got I've got numbers assigned to them. I mean, how okay. do you want to do it? Um, I can just have Siri pick a number, I guess. Cool. Have Siri pick a number. All right. Get my phone out here. Hey, Siri, pick a number. Oh, wait, first, before I do this, sorry. Um, how many do you have? I have 17. Hey, Siri, pick a number between 1 and 17. Nine. Nine is Demi. Demi. Congratulations, Demi. All right, and we, we're going to do two here, so let's do one more. Hey, Siri, pick a number between 1 and 17. It's nine. Wow, thanks, Siri. Let's try that one again. <laughs> hey, Siri, pick a number between 1 and 17. It's eight. Eight. Uh, Sarah. Sarah. Congratulations, Sarah. Not very random, Siri. I don't know. <laughs> um, Sarah's the one who emailed us, right? Yeah. All right, so Demi and Sarah, congratulations to both of you. We You're will out. have you on the pod. We'll be in contact. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So please, I mean, you saw, you heard how bad this movie was. It's just got to be better than this movie, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully not just some random Netflix thing. You know, like give us something juicy to dig into. I mean, if that's how you want to torture us, yeah. fine, fine. Or PLL. Or PLL. Yeah, pick your favorite episodes if, if we haven't already covered them. All right, so congratulations to Sarah and Demi. And uh, if you're at all curious as to what we were talking about, we wrote books. Uh, there are teen murder mysteries. Trouble Alls Finds Me and My Name is Trouble. You can find them on Amazon, or Apple Books, or other places where you can purchase books. Check it out. Mm-hmm. I was just then, reading uh, an old review of the first book where <laughs> I just, uh, let me see if I can find this because it, it amused me. I find it hard to find a normative adult as the norm as the moral center. I am made nervous that the number of times trouble puts herself at risk wandering around in the middle of the night in the dark woods. <laughs> uh, I enjoyed. That. I mean, to be fair, though, have, have have you ever seen like a teen show? <laughs> That's kind of their thing. Yeah, they stay up past their. Bedtime. My favorite reviews are the ones where it's like clearly this person is in a book club and somebody else made them read it. Oh, I love that torture. Mm-hmm. We should have them as guests. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. All right. Well, uh, we'll be in contact with Sarah and Demi. And we'll be back in two weeks to talk about To All the Boys, Colin Alls and Forever. And uh, we're doing our PLL commentaries on Bros Watch PLL 2. We're just starting. So we've already done moments later, I think, right? Have we done that one? Let me check. Can't remember. Uh, no. We have not done that one. We did camp. We did uh, Camp Mona. Last. Well, no, but didn't we do previously? Did we do a moments later one? Not, not as a commentary. I don't believe. Not as a commentary. Okay. Because we skipped over the one we did of Latoya. That's the, that was like nine. The, yeah. Yeah, I think that's the farthest back we went. And then I don't think I don't think we've done moments later. I'm just trying to remember where it was. I, I have. I have whatever memory I have of that from. No, we didn't. Like okay. The so the next one is until S2E16. So we got a, a big gap. Yeah. Cool. So I'm just saying, if anyone wants to do that as their contest winner, that's cool. Do what? Moments later? 
or just something in the next run of PLL. I don't know that, if, like, if you, you want know, to. Season one. I know, whatever people want, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's up to you. I think the request is relatively streaming. What do you mean? Like, uh, don't let's not let's not do some obscure movie that we can't find anywhere. As long as I can download it, you know. Okay. Yeah, as long as you can download it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Because I forgot you're a hero. You don't have that. I don't have Netflix now. Okay. Cool. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, until then, have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.